0: Welcome to the NabaCup 27 podcast, a series of conversations around the UN climate change summit in Egypt back in November, looking at key issues shaping Africa's climate challenge. I'm your host, Lamri Akinola, and this week I'm speaking with Felix Ndi Obiosa, a lawyer with DLA Piper who focuses on the energy sector. We discuss what a just energy transition in Africa might look like and why the world needs a bit of a reality check about how the continent can and should power its economies. Thanks for coming on the podcast,
1: Felix. Great to have you. Uh, Thanks for having me, Landry. It's it's good to be here.
0: Before we get into the topic, we're talking about renewable energy and Africa's energy transition today. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, why why the energy sector is interesting to you, why climate change is relevant to what you do.
1: I'm a lawyer at DLA Piper in London. I advise on developing and financing energy projects. I spend most of my time um, advising on energy projects in africa and, uh, and in other emerging markets um renewables we are told is, is is the way forward um energy transition and and climate change are increasingly important topics because we are seeing um I- exactly how the impacts on the uh, on the environment from from the use of fossil fuels and and how things uh, are, are likely to go in the future should we not intervene so um with renewables being the one of the ways out of that um, it, it's obviously a very important and, and topical conversation to have and and you know and it's certainly um, the way that the the world is going
0: great Th- thanks a lot Felix absolutely we all know that Africa is facing some of the most severe impacts from climate change and few issues are as critical to moving the needle in that respect as the energy transition that said and you know this is where we get into the into the you know into the meat of the conversation first question i have for you should we even be talking about a transition when it comes to africa right the reason i ask is because we know that 600 million plus people on the continent have no access to power at all and there are certainly a number of countries that have been quite critical of the global shift out of fossil fuels, arguing that hey, you know what, we need our fossil fuels to drive economic development. We have 600 million people who don't have access to electricity. It's too early to talk about transition. What's your take on that line of argument? Does that does that resonate with you?
1: Yes, it 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 does. Um, I think I think we need a dose of realism here. Um, now, energy transition is obviously very important. Um, and, as I mentioned earlier, climate change is is affecting the world globally but but also Africa as well. Um, I think five out of the top ten countries which are vulnerable to climate change are African countries, so we should be talking about energy transition. However, as you said, six hundred million people have no access to electricity that means no electricity for schools uh, for offices, for hospitals, to refrigerate food for vaccines. Uh, as a result, we also have to focus our main focus should be on powering African economies uh by any means necessary but of course, climate change is important and this is an energy transition is important and this is something that we should be aware of, and we should certainly be holding more developed countries accountable for
0: let's dig a little bit deeper here in terms of the renewable sector uh what you know Putting aside, or not putting aside, but you know, with the context of Africa being so exposed to climate change, there is also a, a certain sense of urgency behind the need to develop renewables. And what we do know as well is that Africa has huge potential for renewable energy. Now, what I'm hearing in conversations that I'm having around this is that, you know what, the fossil fuel argument doesn't necessarily stack up, that actually renewables are becoming more competitive, and that they can also now be increasingly deployed at scale. And that, you know, once you look beyond the obvious hydrocarbon economies like Nigeria, Angola, Algeria, a lot of African economies aren't actually that well endowed with fossil fuels. So in many ways, it feels like the time might be right to start looking more seriously at renewables. Uh, What's your take on that? But also what are you seeing in terms of your work and the kinds that, you know are you seeing a shift more towards renewables is there more of an emphasis on this and you know do you see the sector moving a
1: little bit in the coming years yeah um so it's 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 a it's a very good question and i'm going to just take it a step back um before we even start talking about renewables i think we also have to ask ourselves what energy transition actually means for for African countries uh, and and their people. Now, energy transition for Africa and energy transition for the developed world are not the same things. In, in an African context, this can mean building refineries to 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 stop um, to stop the import of of, of refined oil and, and other products. This can mean uh, more more gas to power, um, as for example, countries such as Nigeria have been flaring was flaring gas for years um, but is now working on three major gas pipelines um, we, we really have to understand the context of Africa and where Africa is at now in terms of renewables being more competitive and, and its wider application again, let's look at the world economy as it stands. Let's let's look at the world as it stands. Um, we have, especially in the more developed world in Europe, we have increasing inflation, we have uh, an energy security crisis resulting from the Ukraine war. Um, and whilst people keep talking about how much more economical investing in renewables is today, it is it is likely, in the short term at least, to become less so because of rising inflation uh, and because, for example, even, even Africa, which has some of the key metals for, say, uh, for, say, wind projects or, 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 or battery storage, doesn't actually have the refining capacity for those um, for, for, for those uh, rare earth minerals. As a result, the, the, the price of these uh, raw materials are likely to, to go up. And this is incredibly important when looking at how and if um, projects are, are bankable and, and can actually be financed and, and, and built. Now, in terms of what I see in in my in my work, um, I think if anyone has been watching the news over the last six six months or so, um, I, I think it's quite clear. Especially here in the UK, for example, we we are experiencing. Uh, Issues in terms of energy prices uh, and Europe as a whole, resulting from the war, um, and it is it is no surprise that um, European countries ha- have looked to shore up their uh, access to gas resources, um, and as a result of that, we are seeing increased investment into gas, which is a key transition. Fuel, um, and it does. Despite what some people might say, it does really fit in to the narrative of energy transition because gas is is a lot better than, than burning coal, uh, for example. Yeah. Um, so we're seeing increased investment into gas. We're seeing European countries uh, visit. Uh, rich uh, oil rich african states yeah, they're, they're uh, flocking
0: to africa at the they
1: moment. are they are flocking to africa we're seeing increased you know interest even from the us even from uh, the european union as it, as a body in terms of actually ensuring um gas supplies to europe so yes
0: yeah, so there's look, I, I like what you say about the need for a reality check and the, the the current situation does it does it does sort of suggest that look things might be slowing down here a little bit vis a vis this energy transition, and we, we're yet to hit winter in Europe, so we'll see how serious it gets, right? Because it it, it may it may get much worse before it gets better. But are we looking at a long term trend here, or is this kind of a bit of a knee jerk reaction to what's what's happened this year? We all know about uh, the the war in Ukraine and the effect that's having. Or, or, you know, or are we looking at a longer term uh, kind of dialing back of the narrative around let's get out of fossil fuels as quickly as possible?
1: Um, I mean, we're certainly seeing a, a dialing back um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely aware of the of the stats, but but I'm pretty sure that the war has has taken us back in terms of in, in terms of uh, a move towards net zero. Um, and yes, there is increasing investment into into fossil fuels, into both oil and gas, or the more so gas. Um, and I think just we just have to be a little bit more realistic. Now, it doesn't mean that you know trying to achieve net zero by say 2050 isn't possible, um, but we have to be clear that it has to be the de- the developed countries, the highest polluters, that bear most of that pain and if not all of it and not africa we have just just looking at it africa contributes less than three percent had contributed less than three percent of historical emissions and about four percent of current emissions that is a drop in the ocean in in comparison to the rest of the world and we really have to be realistic about how we go forward and uh, and hopefully cop 27 and, and recent events. Has really injected that dose of of, of realism in, in, into those discussions.
0: It, it sounds to me like you're a proponent of the just transition narrative, which is the, the the general argument that well we didn't we didn't start the fire, so now don't turn to us to to put it out. <laughs> right, uh, we, we need to worry about driving our own economies before we start talking about decarbonizing
1: and getting out of fossil fuels is
0: that a fair fair comment
1: yes and no i I, like i said i think the the priority has to be on powering african economies it has to be we 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 need energy and we need to you know it's it's the it's a lifeblood of any economy and, and and the growth of that economy but of course we can't close our eyes to the realities of climate change but the focus has to be on securing, you know, increased development and increased financings of of, of energy projects in Africa of any kind. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think the the average person on the ground is concerned about climate change <laughs> when when they you know they don't have electricity in their homes when their fridge doesn't work. This is not this is not their concern. Um, and uh, you know it is really incumbent on, on African leaders to try and hold um, w- more developed economies accountable, uh, and and to get them to, to do most of the work and to bear pretty much all of the pain of transition.
0: You you mentioned financing, and th- this is of course one of the one of the critical areas in terms of n- not just renewable energy projects but power projects in Africa in general. It's getting uh, one a lot of investors or the investor community in general is quite hesitant when it comes to deploying capital on the continent especially vis-a-vis renewables but of course we're also we're also entering a period of let's say you know worsening f- financial and fiscal conditions you mentioned earlier inflation right we know interest rates are rising there's a flight to safety in terms of you know yep. money flowing out of emerging markets all of that is going to add more pressure surely to the question of an energy transition in in Africa. Do you think that we are um, looking at a period where it's going to become even more difficult to mobilize the kind of capital that's needed? Because even if let 's say pledges from developed economies are you know, are are delivered. We all know about the one hundred billion dollars that we 've been talking about for over a decade now. It is a proverbial drop in the ocean right without a significant ramp up in private capital it 's not going to happen. Uh, what is your take on the the, the outlook in that respect? are you optimistic or cautious about where things are going vis-a-vis private investment into the sector be it renewables or gas or oil or whatever
1: yeah um interesting about the 100 billion i don't know landrea have you seen it because i'm not sure i have um, <laughs> i think some
0: of it some of it is there out there somewhere <laughs> but uh, you know don't quote me on that yeah.
1: so it is in terms of what, in terms of what the outlook is i think You know, and these these conversations being had at an international level is extremely important because um, the uh, one would hope that um, climate change and energy transition um, is a matter so important that it should be immune to other um, the you know effectively the fiscal climate now. we also have to be realistic as well. Um, that is the ideal situation that, you know, uh, uh, there are funds pledged. There is investment pledged towards renewables, towards energy transition. Um, and that should still come regardless. Um, but I think, in my view, the outlook has to be conservative. Um mm-hmm. I don't. I think there is a flight to safety. I think you are right in in that regard. Um, and all I keep hearing is it's just a lot of talk and not enough action. Um, and it, it is it is worrying, um, especially for Africa. I think you know investors have historically been very. Uh, very conservative in, in when 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 looking at investing in africa and, and perhaps even more scrutiny is is, is applied and that puts off a lot of investors you know there is inherent risk risks to any investments um in some instances i would say as africans we haven't always helped ourselves in that narrative um but you know there is a well trodden path. You know projects can be bankable. You know the returns can be good. There can be success stories, and it's really important that you know investors, you know both of all types. You know from 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 multilaterals to to uh, private to to government investments that that they look at Africa as as a place in which good returns can be made, as a place in which real impact can be made. Uh, and they speak to people who know what they're doing in terms of how to structure those transactions and in terms of uh, how to mitigate mitigate the risks. But, you know, I acknowledge in some instances we haven't also done ourselves some favors.
0: And, you know, I, I want to pick up on that last point you made because there there is another side to this. I, I, I don't think many people would argue with the idea that there is responsibility from industrialized economies towards parts of the world that are still going through the industrialization process vis-a-vis climate change and emissions and so on. But at the same time, of course, Africa also has to kind of step up, right, in its uh, ability to... Deliver bankable projects, as you've said, but also put in place kind of regulatory frameworks that are needed to really catalyze more investment, uh, to develop the infrastructure, the associated infrastructure that's necessary to scale up these types of investments. So it's not a one way process. right? There's also some responsibility on the side of African economies to kind of step up their game a little bit and drive the process on their end rather than just kind of wait for the world to do something.
1: Yeah, listen, I I don't disagree with you at all. Um, But in in order to achieve net zero, um, Africa, for example, will need to double its generation capacity by about 2030, increase that fivefold by 2050, and invest uh, an amount around about $2.8 trillion needs to be invested. Now, um, yes, Africa has to step up. Yes, for example, the... Uh, the African-focused multilaterals, the AF- AFDBs of this world, the Africa 50s of this world, the Afrexans of this world, are stepping up for sure. They are investing heavily into I- into clean energy and, and they they are doing their part. But $2.8 trillion is a huge, huge amount of money. I, I yeah, mean, that's a lot of money. Even in 2022, that's a lot of money. Exactly. and And... Africans can't do that by themselves, um, and should that investment not materialize, then we have to keep doing what we have to do to keep the lights on. Literally.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear you. I hear now, you. Look.
1: Sorry, it, go on. Yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off, Landry. Like, just in terms of, of regulatory frameworks, I hundred percent agree. You know, we do have to put in place uh, regulatory frameworks that are. Friendly to investments um but also uh, you know protect um African countries and ensure that you know it is a fair exchange in terms of developing those projects, powering Africa, but also giving um investors and and investors their returns now you know we've seen instances in in various African countries in which for example, PPA tariffs have sought to be reneg- renegotiated now we can imma- you can imagine that this has um, such a significant impact on a project which is either in the, in the process of being developed or is already operational um, and you can understand how investors feel about this and how they feel uh, and, and how this impacts their return or even just the profitability. Of the project in the first place, whether or not it's making making any money, enough money to even break even. Now, we we definitely have to put in, into place across Africa, and some African countries are already there and are, are much better than others. Um, but we have to put into place uh, regulatory frameworks that are friendly and that that are safe and and you, you know you know from the outset what you're going to get out.
0: Absolutely. Look, uh, there's a lot more to be said about this, but uh, time is is always against us. Uh, One last thing I want to just throw at you is in terms of COP27, what would you say is the most important or some of the most important things that need to come out of COP27 vis-a-vis energy in Africa?
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to keep this very brief and very simple. Um, More investments into renewable energy in Africa um, money does talk in this instance, um, and it is just that simple. Um, we, we need money in terms of investments, uh, not aid, but investments into projects. Um, we, we also require compensation for climate damage um, or compensation to reduce fossil fuel export and consumption. This is the only way forward because as I said to you earlier, without that African countries will continue to do what they need to, um and they will try and power their economies in any way possible.
0: Sounds good. Odds of that happening? Pardon?
1: Odds of that happening? Odds of that happening. You know, I think I think I think the I think the odds are favorable. Um and I think that the key reason why is that, and it's, it's unfortunate that it has to have been a war to, to, to show the more developed world just how... Just how... How high the stakes are, I guess. How right? high the stakes are and how much they require energy security and, and actually the importance of moving away from fossil fuels, or being heavily dependent on one nation uh, for their fossil fuels, um, and I think that really has injected a dose of realism into the conversation. Um, uh, and I do, I do think that the odds are favourable in, in, in this instance. I, I hope to see more pledges in terms of investments, um, and I just have to keep stressing it's not aid. Um, and I and more developed economies shouldn't see these pledges um or offset the offset these pledges um and say that oh they've provided x amount in in aid we need these projects to be developed we uh, and and uh, in order to in order in order to power african economies and also it is a fair exchange it is an investment there will be a return
0: it's definitely not an issue that you can sleep on and we haven't heard the last of it that's for sure it is one of the most important one of the most critical topics uh, when it comes to the goal of sustainable development felix thank you so much for coming on the podcast great discussion
1: you're welcome thank you Lanry. that's it for this episode
0: thank you for listening we'll be back next week if you want to know more about NABA and what we do please visit our website at norwegianafrican.no. Wherever you are, have a good weekend.